Open your ears and lower your expectations. There's a new podcast sweeping a very small portion of the nation. Listen now, listen fast, because this episode may be their last. He's Sean, he's Chris, you should listen to this. It's an hour you'll never get back. On SoundCloud, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Honorado and Sean Bagnardi. It's an hour you'll never get back. I'm Chris Honorado. He is Sean Bagnardi, as we heard our great friend Kate Welshofer introduce us uh, with that terrific song that she created, a theme for us. Uh, if you found us on iTunes, thank you. Please subscribe, and uh, and you'll get these uh, delivered to you uh, each and every week as we do them. We're on Twitter. I'm at Chris Honorado. Sean is at Sean Bagnardi. Easy enough. New, new. That's new. That's a new handle. Big change. Yeah, last week you weren't aware that you could keep your Twitter account but change the handle, or you didn't know how to do it. Yeah, which... I, I've always been aware of it, but the the difference is if you if you go to edit your profile, that's not really one of the options. You have to go into like a separate yes. settings area and right. then change it. So I had just never seen it before. But after the pressure from our guest, there's Andrew even Pat- a, there's even a picture of you now. Yes. On your Twitter Well, I account. figure I'm updating it. I might as well just... There you go. Yeah, so I'm a grown-up. You're in, man. That's yes. big. Uh, hey, the news of the week. Uh, one kind of strange item we'll get to, and then obviously there's Deflategate. But our guest this week is Siena basketball head coach Jimmy Patsos. Look out. This is going to be fun. It's going to be great because he just has an energy that's unmatched. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's going to tell us some stories about the best players he's coached, some of the strangest things he's had to do on the recruiting tour, uh, conversations he's had in-game with referees that either got him teed up or got a ref to smile or laugh. Right. Um, and and he'll, he'll, he'll go everywhere. He, everywhere and anywhere, probably. Yes, no sure. doubt. All right, so deflate gate. My dear God, thankfully, mercifully, it is behind us until the NFL appeals. But for now, Tom Brady, not suspended for four games. He's right back at it. Okay, here's my view on this. And this is not a view of a Jets fan. I've never been a big Tom Brady guy. Sure. And not because he's good. I respect that he's good. I really do. And And I think even in spite of all this... He's still okay. What is it? It's the off-field attitude. It's the modeling. Yeah. It's the well, press conferences. He's not much of a talker. It's the attitude. Yeah. It's the overall attitude. He comes across to me as smug. just smug, yeah. arrogant, a bit of a jerk. Okay. Um. Now, again, that's separate. He mm-hmm. he's an incredible football player. Yes. Here's here's my view though on Deflate Gate. Okay. I believe. He, at the very least, had knowledge no question. that the balls were being deflated yes. to be to his liking. Right. Regardless of whether or not other teams do this, regardless of pretty much anything, if you are doing something or you are aware of something that is happening that is against the rules, that gains you a competitive advantage, even if it's just... I don't like where you're going here, even but if continue. It's, even if it's just a competitive advantage... Yep against the rules as opposed to against the other team because let's say the other team is doing it let's just jump to that leap okay it's still against the rules and you still gain a competitive advantage against the game okay that is the definition of cheating okay but i don't have a problem with what we, we we are both going to be on the side of we think brady knew this was happening Probably gave the directives to make this happen. I don't. I don't see it as a big deal. Unlike Spygate, right? Where okay, now the Patriots are filming the other team uh, and getting an, a, an advantage that way. The the under or over inflation of a football. I mean, really? No, I agree. And like for pitcher, I, I've always likened it to pitchers using a little bit of pine tar. 
just don't make it obvious. Like Michael Pineda in Boston that one night, it was just so obvious. Yeah, like, right. okay, well, now now you're forcing us to do something here. Right. I I just don't like the. There's kind of like an acceptance of cheating to some degree if we think others are doing it. Like some people excuse the steroid True. era as well. McGuire may have been roided, but he was facing some pitchers who were on. You know what? That's irrelevant. Yeah, I agree. If it's against the rules, it's against the rules. Now here's the other issue with the Flakegate. You think Brady should be suspended? No. You think there's, okay. No, I don't. You have to be able to prove it. Right. This is the but United see, not, States. Yes, but not under the CBA. In the NFL right now. I mean, Roger Goodell literally is judge, jury, executioner. He doesn't need hard evidence to do whatever he wants. Well, apparently he does. Well, and and that's why I've... That's not the way it's written in the CBA, which is why I was surprised by Judge Berman's finding, ruling, decision. Right. Because what the Players Association agreed to was, hey, Roger, this is... You do whatever you want here, man. Right. They gave him the power. Yeah. But maybe they did so knowing that they could still somehow have this kind of outcome. So I think he cheated. Yes. I think there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that says he cheated. No doubt. But without concrete evidence, you can't suspend him. And look, to me, this was last year. But would you suspend – do you think the four-game suspension was warranted if they could prove it? Like if they had the evidence, do you think it should ha- it should have stayed a four game suspension? Sure, send a message. And I I don't think that it had any impact on whether or not they would have won, won, won last game. year, yeah, no. especially that game. Now look, if it happened in that game, it happened in others. Yes, but they were going to win that game no matter what. Right. They could have been throwing soccer balls. Yes. They were going to win that game, but. It's still, to me, he cheated. I can tell he cheated. You can. Here's how you know he cheated. Just watch the interview he did with Jim Gray. Mm-hmm. Remember when, when he had that event that was pre-planned, right. and then all this came out, and they said, well, we're still going to do the event. Is that a college or yeah, university? Yeah, yep. and Jim Gray will ask him about it first off right. the top. Right. And, and just his attitude, yeah. Yeah. his demeanor, he, he's guilty of it. And... And the attitude he brought to the press conference immediately after the accusations came about, honestly, I think it pissed Roger Goodell off. I think that's what happened. And I think then he levied this suspension and fine as, uh, like, you know, you're not going to boldface lie about this. Uh, You know, we're going to try to make you pay for it. Now, the Patriots are still going to pay dearly for it, a million-dollar fine. They lost draft picks. uh, But they at least get to keep their quarterback. Exactly, and uh, as as a football fan, so uh, if he did it and they could have proven proven that he did it, yep. then he should have to pay for that in some way, which is why I'd be okay with the suspension. Okay, but as a football fan, like that was last year. I want the clean slate this year. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to have their best players available, mm-hmm. with all things being equal, all the rules being followed, because you would hate to see them go. And they, I don't know if they necessarily would, but go one and three without Brady for the first four, yep. and you know miss the playoffs somehow by a game. Then you would have all these questions: okay. Is this division championship for the uh, Bills yeah, or the Dolphins yeah, legitimate? Yeah. I don't want to hear that. I want a good football season, clean from the start. So as a football fan, I'm almost happy that there is no suspension. But as somebody who believes he was guilty, I would have liked to seen him get what I think he had coming, especially for the way he handled it. Here's another news item of the week, and I, I don't know. I, I was shocked at the amount of attention this drew on social media. Yeah, McDonald's announcing that they will now serve breakfast all day. Right, starting next month at many, many of their locations. Let me just start off by saying this. It's not really breakfast what they're serving. <laughs> Like, are, so? are, are we excited about this? Yes. Like, you're excited about this. Here's why. You're, you know, how often do you get something, let alone a breakfast menu, anything at McDonald's? Never. Rarely. So? Very rarely. Who cares? And Do we need this? Do, do, does America need this all-day breakfast at McDonald's? Here, here's why I like it. I don't need the all-day. Right. Here, here's why I like it. Because I rarely eat McDonald's. Yep. If I were going to go there at 7 o'clock at night, I would never get breakfast. I don't need breakfast. After breakfast time. Okay. I'm not a breakfast for dinner kind of guy. What about brunch? 
Well, if it, it depends if are it's you, the first are you meal of the it day. Off? Okay. That's the that's well, the difference. Brunch is always the first meal of the day. It could yeah. be like two in the afternoon though. Like oh yeah. That's, okay. I would. So All right. I mean at some point, two, three o'clock, I'm I'm now starting to go yeah. to lunch even if it's the first meal of the day. Right. But no, if if I'm at a, a diner or somewhere at noontime or one o'clock on a Sunday or something, no, I want breakfast now. Yeah, that's sure. the first meal of the day. That's what I want. But here's why this is good. Because their end time for breakfast was way too early. I thought it was like 11 o'clock. No, it was like 10 or 10.30. Okay. okay. And that's ridiculous. Because, so I, I would, I kind of consider it when I have to go on a road trip, like if I'm going down to the city or something, and I'm leaving at 11 o'clock. Okay. I want to be able to swing by, get breakfast, and go. Let me just but say. But you can't. Like, if. I don't need it all day. Extend it to noon. That but, would be fine. But can't it, it ends you too get early. it at Dunkin' Donuts like any time of the day? I mean, can't you? You can. So you're going and you're getting a coffee anyway. Just get a bagel at Dunkin' Donuts with, <laughs> okay. with a bacon, egg, and cheese or whatever the heck you're going to eat. Yeah, but what kind of business would say, you know what? If you want this, take it to some other business. I'm not saying McDonald's just is going to say, hey, Go take your business elsewhere. What I'm suggesting is, do we need... I, I guess it doesn't really matter. People are going to eat McDonald's at every hour of the day anyway. So I, Why are you against but, it? But why, I don't understand why this is so exciting. Everyone is so excited about this. Have you ever had... I don't, Probably uh, not. Uh, McDonald's sausage... No. Uh, biscuit... No. The uh, bacon, the egg, egg and cheese, an egg McMuffin. I don't think so. I've never had a hash brown there. Is a McRiddle still a thing? They still do the McGriddle. Well, I, I you used to see like commercials and and uh, and advertising with the McGriddle is back, right? Like the McRib mm. that used to be a big thing. Okay, they so it might be Mc... seasonal. Yeah, that could be hash browns. They're good. Never had them. So yeah, I mean that's fine. It's another option. It's better than Dunkin' Donuts breakfast, depending on what you're going for. It depends. All right. Um, yeah. And their coffee now is better. And look, this is not like a self-righteous movement of mine. I, I I drink too much. I eat plenty of stuff that I shouldn't. Sure. But I don't need all-day breakfast at McDonald's. I don't need anything from McDonald's. I'm good. Fair enough. Uh, all I want is to be able to have it a little bit later than what they currently have. So Now you can get it whenever you want. Fine. If that's the answer, I, again, just as far as I'm concerned, just extend it. I don't need breakfast for dinner, but... That's fine. Okay. Good. That was good. Okay. Um, hey, we both had weddings this past weekend. Oh, did we? Um, I've realized it. This is not. This is nothing new. This is not a revelation. But you know, it, it always starts slowly. The dancing, and then by the time a few people, like after the champagne goes, you have a few, and it's like now <sighs> you've forgotten that other people can actually see what you're doing, mm-hmm. the way you're dancing and moving and lip syncing every song. Yeah. Do you I, feel I like, like to just stand on the periphery sometimes and just soak it all in? Oh, I thought you were talking about yourself. Well, I'm part of it. I'm part of it too. But <laughs> I like to just uh, like recognize what's going on and then i jump in and do it yeah yeah hey, i've told you i'm not I, I i karaoke i do all that stuff to make myself look like an idiot i don't care right and there is there's such a formula that i don't like can we break the formula a little bit what's the formula? these weddings you mean the the format the the correct sequence of events yeah okay what would you like to change i you know I, well not necessarily one specific thing. I just want a change. I want to go to one that's like, you know, that was a little bit di- – and, and the one I went to this past weekend was pretty cool. And they did have some different elements they don't don't normally see. We were outside, and they brought these these alpacas in, which is pretty cool. It was it – was, it was, you know, what there were some unique they elements. Were they carrying the rings? What was what <laughs> no, was that there? Been, that would have been really unique. There's no <laughs> such thing as really no. unique. But that would have been unique. Yeah. In its own way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but they were just there to, to be the cool animals that just kind of strolled in. All and right. they were they were pretty sweet. Okay. They were pretty cool. But the formula of... They didn't spit at anyone, did they? No, and I uh, hear they do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the formula of, like, of the reception and that... I can, I can break away from that. Are you a... Does the length of the ceremony bother you? 
Do you want like a drive-through type of ceremony? Are you okay with the you know a Catholic wedding? Uh, it, it doesn't have to be Catholic, but you know if it's going to be a, a a religiously focused ceremony, it's going to be about an hour, right? I'm oh yeah yeah that's fine. A I'm good okay buddy with mine's... the wedding keeping to that okay. it's more about the reception i think well because good. at that point when once a wedding is over it's how quickly can we get to the real partying here whether or not you have a cocktail hour in between yep. or whatever right it's like but we still have to do this we still have pictures to do, i love the picture thing yep. it's like 12 hours yeah. of pictures see and they I'm not did married, the pictures so never... before the ceremony the the wedding i was at this weekend well done and they did some of them before too at yep. this one which was cool and then they just had to get some of the other extended family so that made that quicker but there's just a lot of a lot of waiting for something like we know where we're going here we're going to that point that you just yes, said where right. we don't even know what day it is right. we're on the day let's yep. just get there yeah okay let's get there yeah but you can't just Boom, with a bang, okay, everyone on the dance floor. I'm very impatient. Well, I, we know that. But it's like, so the formula of like, you know, like this has to happen. Yeah, then right. this right. has to happen. Yep. We had one of our... Everyone does the dance, okay, all the married couples out on the floor. This is early on in the night. Everyone, the married couples out on the floor. If you've been married for five years or less, <laughs> yeah. sit down, 10 years or whatever. And I'm not being critical of this this past weekend's wedding. It was actually more different it was different so yeah. that was fine but there's just so much of it you see it all the time i let, let's get to the party in here that's why we're here you know christ my gift was however many <laughs> dollars like you I'm, drove nine hours yeah, on eat and drink yeah let's get after it yeah all right my my buddy said uh, at, he had he had a brief ceremony the ceremony uh that i was at uh, college friends um, it was a brief ceremony, which was nice. It was outside, beautiful day. But, but my buddy Keith's theory is the ceremony shouldn't last longer than the wedding night itself. Mm, I like that. So, you know, we all want to talk about how impressive we are at that. But he's putting it in the 20-minute range. <laughs> so keep the ceremony there. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Uh, you got a good story for us? Well, I have a wedding story. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, not not from this past weekend's. It was the uh, the wedding I had gone to before this one, the last wedding. Um, <laughs> this was a family wedding, mm-hmm. and family weddings are so different, aren't they? Yeah, very. Because it depends who the family. It it depends. It does, but in general, if at least half of the people there are going to be your relatives yeah. or friends of your relatives, that's a game changer, no doubt. Right. And also, what is this expectation? You feel like you have to be on better behavior? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Although some relatives don't think that. And that becomes an <laughs> issue, too. Like, didn't know grandma was going to do that sure. tonight. Yep. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, what is this expectation, though? If you're a single person at a wedding, yeah. that you should be actively seeking out a single person in the other party, like if you're on the groom right. side with the the bride side of the family, or, or vice friend. versa. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What what is where did that expectation? Come I don't from? know honestly. It 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 has just you know what it is. This is this is funny, and, and I you know you kind of witness it at every wedding you go to, even now, uh, farther removed from college than I'd like to admit. It's like we all like return to college, <laughs> and it's just freedom of whatever. In terms of drinking, yeah, uh, between men and women. I mean, it's <laughs> okay. You just—it's like you completely throw your inhibitions out, right? And I'm not—I'm not sure why. Is it because like, no, it has love nothing, is in the no, air? It has nothing to do with this presence of love <laughs> and marriage. And no, it's a party, and people get drunk, and they then do things. Okay, but mm, but I think it's different be- because. Two people are committing their lives to each other yeah. at that moment. Right. Don't you, especially I think maybe more with women, when when they see that like if you're not married, then you think of your own wedding. Or like don't don't you think like you know, I wonder when that will be me or okay. who that person so will be with standing across. Question, me. which is a good one. Why do we feel this need to seek out someone? And I, that maybe maybe that's the okay, answer. Okay, but from a but, guy's perspective, why? Right. But there's the expectation. 
which I don't like. Right, like, like if that's how you would I come feel, back from the wedding and people would ask you the next time you're at work and you see people, they'll say to you like, "Any good looking girls yeah. on the bride side? You meet anybody at the wedding?" Right. <laughs> what? First of all, you go to like an out of town wedding. What do yep. you need to meet somebody from out of t- like? There's no like. Yeah, I met the person who I'm gonna marry because she caught the bouquet. And I caught that sweaty thing but around people, the bride's side. I don't leg. know that people are asking it's a garter. I don't know that I know people are asking, wondering if you met your like lifetime partner. Yeah, I guess. So there's the expectation like let's just hook up at a wedding. I guess, yeah. I well, yes, know. there is that expectation. I don't know why or how it started, but yeah, it's So going to this past weekend's yeah. wedding, at least like five people were like, you know, you're gonna it's gonna be some yeah. <laughs> What? It's like, so what? <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, there's always this expectation. Yeah. I kind of let this come into play at the last wedding I was at. You were on the prowl. Well, that's now, not the right term. Somebody caught your eye. There has to be a better term that means the <laughs> same thing. That's not the right term. On the hunt. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah, so the bride's side. So the relative was a cousin of mine. He was the groom. Okay. So we're there. Like an outdoor indoor wedding. It was kind of like an open area thing, right? So we're outside beforehand, a little cocktail hour, and I see this person. I think, whoa, mm. she's she's attractive. She's right up there. Yeah, right. Okay. okay. So your type? Uh, yeah, I don't have a type. Yeah, right. I know. All right. So I noticed this person was speaking to another relative about this person, a guy who's probably. In his thirties, early forties. Okay. He was like, Oh yeah, like that's that's where you should be living, right there. That's that's your You didn't know you her. Got, no. Okay. This is the bride's side. I was on somebody else on the groom's gotcha. side. So I'm like, okay. So happens to be seated at the table directly next to ours. Which I guess makes sense. So they mix the bride and groom parties. No. I, I don't know how it really happened yeah. that way, but okay, next to ours. So I felt like there was something, whether it was eye contact mm-hmm. or something. You know how it is. Sure. Right? You just think. So you she's get there the with, you know, a group of people, and who I think are mostly relatives. Uh, this this woman who I think is her sister, and then there's also this guy sitting next to her. Okay. So immediately you think that oh, boyfriend. Yeah. Right. Like same age, roughly. Yep. I think. Right. I don't know. So whatever. So now we get to that point where it's dance time. Everybody's up. That point where you're on the periphery and you think do i get in on this crap and that's always an awkward time if you're at a wedding alone and not with friends around you know what i mean like i'm not really getting after it on the dance floor with at a family wedding that much that's the thing yeah yeah um so my relatives are dancing. Everybody pretty much from my table gets up and goes because it's, you know, parents and sure. grandparents. Everybody's married. Right. So I am just at the table <laughs> like, well, when, when are they bringing around more hors d'oeuvres? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? So I look across. She is now the only person mm. sitting at her table. And the guy who we thought was the boyfriend Haven't dancing? have seen him. Okay. In a while. Okay. I think he's hanging out with the other guys, whatever. I'm thinking, all right, yeah. here we go. Yep. So I go over, I sit down, and I, I think I just said something so stupid along the lines of like, like, well, how come your boyfriend hasn't asked you to dance yet? Like, right. what's taking so long? And she says, oh, no, I don't, I don't have a boyfriend. Okay. That's a good start. Yes. Right? I said, oh, well, would you like to dance? Mm-hmm. She said, I would. But now, I sh- let me ask you something. Okay. Dancing is not the first thing we tend to go to, right? I mean, it's a natural thing to ask someone at a wedding to dance, but wouldn't why not ask, hey, can I get you a drink? Right. So, like to go to the bar or get a drink? Right. So she was not, I had noticed, was not really drinking. Right. But I'm thinking be driving sure could be a number of reasons why it just doesn't drink whatever so yeah because normally you would go there like can i just get you a drink it's different if you're at a bar because it's more along the lines of like hey can i buy you a drink when you're at an open bar wedding (laughs) right whatever yeah okay good point like oh you could just walk yeah you know whatever but sure you could still bring it to her okay so 
Have I described this person? I really haven't. No, you haven't. So like blonde, but we all know. Oh, tall, not your type. Interesting. Right. Long legs, sundress. Okay. Right. Okay. So I, I said, "Well, would you like to dance?" And she said, "I'd love to, but I should tell you, I'm 17 years old." Whoa. Right. Hit by a bus. And what do you do then? Now you can't. I mean, obviously you can't dance now. I, Seventeen years old. You shrivel. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was, I hadn't. But that, that's Sean. That is when you say, "Okay, well, it was nice to meet you. I hope you have a great time at the wedding." And you get up and you go far away from that place. Yeah, but you feel so. Aw- you, yes, you're right. But at that point, also felt bad. Like that's such like an like now I'm just like an ditch ass because, thing yeah, to do, okay. right? So it was such a weird spot sure. so i was like oh all right <laughs> like well i'm 28 <laughs> yeah is that a problem for you no 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 yeah that's, i wasn't asking like that i mean it was she knew by my facial yes i'm sure change right. that it was a big problem yeah, well, yeah. yeah um so we were just chatting briefly i think i asked her like oh okay so you're here with relatives <laughs> or something it's like yep yeah. so we got just t- talking about that and then I think when she felt, like, more comfortable, it wasn't, like, as awkward. Yep. Then she's like, okay, I should actually tell you, I'm 16 years unbelievable. old. Unbelievable. I turn 17, un- like, next week or something. <laughs> that is unbelievable. But let me, let me explain something. 16. Yeah. So, look, I, I have always said, like, that would never happen to me. I always think to myself, like, if I was somebody listening, if this didn't happen to me and I was listening to this podcast, yes. I would say... Well, that sucks for him, but that would never happen like, to me. Like, you would never misguess an age right. so poorly. Correct. All like, right. I think I really generally nail it. Okay. But, you know what it is? Like, the really, like, tall and, like, long legs sure. in a sundress yeah. and uh, an older face. Like, she looked – I if I had to guess, I would have guessed closer to – 27 than 17. Really? I would guess somewhere in the middle. What were you originally but thinking? How old did you really think she was when you approached her? 25, 24, 25. Really? Wow. Maybe 23 at the youngest. Okay. So if you told me, you know, she's a lot, she's younger than she looks, yep. I would say, boy, 21? Yeah. And that, I would be like, and that's really, you know, that's pushing it. Interesting. So, way, like, yeah. couldn't Not have even been close. more off. So it's the worst feeling in the world, right? So I think I said something. I was like, well, I can't really, like, dance now. I was, you know, I was like, but if you find, if we find, like, the bride and groom, whatever. We can, like, go on the dance floor. Sure. And I could dance with, with you like you're my 16-year-old cousin. <laughs> like, I'm not going to touch you. There's right. no. Yeah. Because I just felt so awkward and bad. Sure. So we kind of, like, separated that point. And then I can't believe this story actually gets worse, but it does. As I'm now approaching her again, like she's, we're walking like toward each other, and she's with that person who I thought was her sister before. Gotcha, <laughs> coming at me. Yeah, she she says to me, she gives me like a look, like I'm sorry, kind of face, and I'm thinking, what happened? So then, the, this woman who I've now realized is her mother, no good, <laughs> says no to, good, says to me. Are you serious, dude? She's 16 years Unbelievable. old. Unbelievable. Because she saw us just talking at right. the table. And I'm thinking, I was like, uh, n- no, no. How much time How much time was in between, you know, you... Five minutes. Okay. Because she, she had gone over. So her mother probably said, like, hey, that guy who... And I even thought they were, even were like, talking about me before. Like, they may have thought I was younger, too. Yeah. So I got the impression that she went over, mom asked... Hey, you were talking to him. Yeah, how old? 28. Oh, and then he asked me if I wanted to dance. Oh, brutal. Yeah, so she like laced into me, (laughs) like, Are you serious? She's sick. I'm like, No, no, I know. She just just told me that. Like, I'm not gonna. She's like, Good, good. And then walked away. The the girl was like, Sorry, I'm sorry. And then walked away. The worst, I mean, could there be a more uncomfortable? Worse feeling. I'm at a family wedding. Yeah, that's and I have this image is... of the bride and groom, like the bride looking at my cousin, being like, "Who? Why, right? Why is your cousin talking to my mm-hmm. little cousin? Like, what's going on? Why? Why is like Aunt Susie yelling at I, your cousin? I wonder if that left enough of an impression to be talked about. You know, when people talk about their wedding uh, in years to come, 
Like, hey, remember Sean hit on a 16-year-old uh, girl? I didn't hit on her. Oh, what'd you do? Sorry. Asked her to dance? There's got to be a better term. You in terms today. I don't know. <laughs> How would you like to describe it? It's, but you know what? Here's the really scary thing. If she had lied. Yeah. And I would have believed. Look, there's a huge difference between the way, so like, just from a look standpoint, girls just mature so much more quickly or earlier on than guys. Like, you would easily be able to point out a 16-year-old guy. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's from 100 feet away, easy to tell. But women's tough. So I could not feel worse. And I'll be honest, it affected me Saturday because I'm at this wedding now and I'm thinking, <laughs> boy, I like you just don't know. Yeah. I and again, I thought it would never happen. Never happen to me where I could misjudge something like that. I mean, that's the ultimate worst. I guess the ultimate worst would be you misjudge someone who's actually a guy, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would be. But this was. Yeah. This is right there for me in terms of just making you feel so bad about yourself. That one's tough. Yeah. yeah. Well, your story, I think, has has done it for this podcast. I'm not even going to try to go up against that. Plus, we've got Coach Patsos here. Can't wait to get this. It is uh, great to have him and Shawnee. When we started the podcast, we thought we want energetic, eclectic people. I think he fits that And there's no doubt about that. Coach, man, thanks for coming in. Are you kidding me? Sean and I just went over the MeTV board. I'm all fired up. Gave my Columbo sermon. (laughs) Jimmy is, uh, of course, the head coach of Siena Basketball, and uh, you spent some time at Loyola. You also won a national championship as an assistant under Gary Williams at Maryland. We're going to talk some basketball, but but you're a lot more than that. No, yeah, we can do both. I actually am ready to talk basketball. With the season coming up, we just had our first team meeting. Everybody's here. But I talked to my team about why I got into coaching, other than the fact that I was qualified to do nothing else. (laughs) Um, After I failed my first business class, Jack Bruin was my coach, and he said, here, I got your accounting and economics grades. So what do you think about being a history teacher and a coach? (laughs) We've we've already moved you into the education department. I said, well, what do you think? He's like, no, no, we've already moved you in there. (laughs) So anyways, coaching's great, but I I always thought of it as a teaching gig. And you know, I worked for Jack Bruin and we worked for Morgan Wooten. My first paycheck ever was from Morgan Wooten from DeMatha High School. And um, I have a special guest, Danny O'Brien, who's from Washington, D.C. with us. Our assistant AD went to Gonzaga, etc. But this is like a coaching area, Washington, D.C., and I, I was privileged to be in coaching, but I got in it to teach kids other stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were talking about, you know, Columbo. No kidding. You know, whether it's whether it's the, the old retro TV stuff, you learn from the past. Did Gary do these kinds of things at Maryland? Whenever you have a road game somewhere, you want to take your team and show them something else. Is that Who did you learn that from? Why, why do you do that? No, I do that more because of Coach Bruin. And plus, I, I, I find myself interested in seeing a lot of stuff. And it started, it's funny, the first time it really started at Loyola was when we went to Buffalo. And people used to complain the Buffalo trip. Well, first of all, we were flying <laughs> up, up, and away. I'm like, this is the greatest town ever. We were there in 47 minutes and beers are $2. I'm moving here. Good wings. Niagara Good wings. Falls. Chippewa Street. Yeah. But we go there and we go to Niagara Falls. And I've never been. And our whole team, I mean, that was a magnificent thing to see. It's one of eight wonders of the world, I think, or whatever. In other words, that was my first real trip was to Buffalo. We had the first weekend where you went for two, to, you know, to play two games, but we didn't know. And you know, you, you see Klein Hands Museum, and of course, we wanted to go see the Sabers play. Yep. I didn't yeah. realize the Bill Stadium was so far away, yeah. but they're going to fix that. In other words, you watch the progress of these cities, but obviously, the cultural thing or going to the movies, you have to kill time on the road. But I always felt like I should show the players life. You've taking your team out in Montreal when you played a sure. tournament up there. You are just recently back from Kuwait when you were coaching some of our service men and women. What was that like? Well, that's a different kind of life lesson. Um, you know, going in Pittsburgh to see Andy Warhol's museum, mm-hmm. to New York to show them the Guggenheim. And they call it's funny, the players call it the Teacup Museum. <laughs> and you see it differently. They're like the tea, you know, that's what it looks like. Washington, D.C. to go to the Vietnam Memorial, which I hadn't known with, my, with, with anybody that's way different than going to Kuwait. Kuwait is um, a very interesting place. Very hot. Not as hot as you think in the day. At night, though, the wind blows. It's mm. like having a hair dryer on you. They're protecting us. I mean, they remind me. They reminded us of 9-11 every day. And, not as, and, and as much of the Twin Towers. But how about the Pentagon? Yeah, yeah. How about the thing in, in uh, Pennsylvania yep. where my wife and I have been to that? 
that this could happen again. And this is where it's originating from. The Kuwaitis hire American soldiers, to, to you know, along with giving us the base to protect them, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, United Emirates, and all that. Jordan's a friend of ours over there. Jordan's very active these days if you're watching the military because Syria is not our friend and Iraq is a real problem. Yep. But Iran, the whole crisis going on. I learned mostly... ISIS is a lot of the police that were in Iraq that got fired in 2004. It'd be the police chief of Saratoga, police chief uh-huh. of Clifton Park, police chief of Albany. They all got fired. Well, they reorganized, and that's sort of who ISIS is. So they have they have experienced military. They're not just somebody running around the mountains trying to kill you. This is what I learned. Like, they're very organized. This is a real threat, and we need these soldiers there. And we're lucky that they're there. And um, they taught me a lot about that region and how important it is to the rest of the world. But... I'm glad they're there, and uh, we have a very good life over here because of those guys over there. Now, the basketball part was cool. It was Pete Gillen, Dino Gaudio, Steve Lavin, uh, Gary Stewart from Stevenson College, uh, Reggie Minton, who coached at Air Force, So it was, it was, and then Ed Conroy from Tulane and Greg Campy from Oakland, their current coaches. We, I learned a lot about coaching. You know, we, we, we shared ideas because we weren't exactly running around Kuwait. No, no. no. And Kuwait is, is a friendly city, but they don't, they don't serve alcohol, no clubs. When Iran happened in, like, 78, when they took our people hostages and the Shah got ousted, the Kuwaitis said no more Western stuff because they wanted to keep their oil money and not, you know, get killed like the people in Iran did. No, no joke inside, if you've ever seen the movie like Argo. Yeah. Right. Our players love the movie Argo. They yep. really like that movie. They didn't know anything about that. That being said, I learned a lot about it, but I definitely have more of an attitude of gratitude, and I've always had one. But I'm really grateful for the soldiers, and the basketball was good. There was a champion, Ed Conroy from Tulane, won. I lost in double overtime to Lavin. <laughs> so it, when was, you, it was competitive, you know? Yeah, so when you come home from a trip like that, what are some of the things that you learned from there that you'll now tell your, your kids at Siena? Yeah, we just had our first meeting. It was like, you know, I don't want to hear about the food or your dorms or whatever. Right. Actually, we talked about the boat people today. The cover of the New York Times Sunday Magazine yesterday was, this is some of the stuff I do. And I really do. My wife will tell you. The New York Times Magazine has a picture of 700 people in one boat that have paid $1,500. And I don't know. $1,500 is a lot in Albany. I don't know how you get that in Libya. It must be your life right. savings. Right. Yeah. To get on these boats, and they're, they're trying to get over to Spain because that's the closest coast. And I showed that to our team and said, this, this is real. At pro- we have no problems. Mm-hmm. We have minor issues. Right. You know, sorry, my cheeseburger was undercooked. It <laughs> doesn't, doesn't count as a problem anymore. Right. But I'm in 2015. Some of these guys. So, and we went through some of the things last year. I thought last year we had a really good team and had some injuries. But then we started to focus on things that weren't as important. And Kuwait reminds you of the basics. Do you know they can work 20 hours a day over there? They're contracted out. They're, they're guaranteed four hours of sleep and three meals a day. Wow. And they are not making the money any of us are yeah. making. You know, and, and in terms of, and some of the military guys are high paid. They're gone for six months and don't see their families. That's right. kind of what I talked to my guys about today. And they're trying to figure out how to deal with these people who are trying to get out yep. of Syria yep. and would die to go to Kuwait and eventually, of course, the Golden Dreams America. And we're here, and you're at Siena with a full scholarship. You're, like, on third base, and some of you guys act like right. you don't even have it that good. And don't worry, I'm not the only coach saying this. I just think you have to show them real-life stuff to remind them how good they have it. Interesting. Hey, Coach, what's the strangest thing you've had to do in recruiting a player? You don't have to tell us who the player is, but what's the weirdest thing you've ever had to do to try to recruit a player? It's interesting. Um, I don't know because I'm I'm a little out of the box, anyways, on that. Okay. But, you know, I mean, like, well, you know, like recruiting DJ Strawberries. I recruited Daryl Strawberry's son, right? While his father was incarcerated in Florida, so okay. th- at the time, and everybody loves Daryl, but at the time he was in Florida. The kid was in California, and he was not living with his mother. He was living with his grandmother. So, like, that was an interesting mm-hmm. one, but. You know, we had to, we had to, you know, fly. I, what, in other words, that whole story was weird because I, I would, I, I kind of didn't have a lot of lead on that. And we took DJ Strawberry as part of another deal to get a Kenny Abekwe. This is called team recruiting. At the time, DJ Strawberry was considered just a good defensive yeah. player. Gary Williams was like, nobody evaluates defense. We're taking him based on defense. But this was my day. I would get up in the morning, go, say hi to the office. It, 11 o'clock in the morning, I would get on a plane from BWI, Baltimore, land in L.A., go to a Kenny Beckway's game at 4 because he played in the afternoon in L.A. City, no night games back then. 
because it was so safe they wanted to play in the day. <laughs> All right. They were playing in like Compton. <laughs> so then I'd go to a Ken, uh, DJ Strawberries games at 7 and 7.30 at night at Modern Day, which was like the yeah. – this was like Pleasantville. You went from one area to the really rich area, southern Orange County. And Modern Day, they, Gary McKnight's one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game. Watch them play and then get on a red eye at 11.30 at night and go back. Mm. I would do that every two or three weeks. And that was it. And it was kind of cool. But it was just like I knew the flight attendants. How you doing? Right. <laughs> and then get off the red eye and go to work because I was like really young and hungry then. But in other words, I'd be like, they'd be like, "How was your day yesterday?" I'm like, "Good. I was in you know L B W I L A X Compton <laughs> or, or Crenshaw Watts <laughs> oh. over to the richest part of Orange yeah. County, back on the flight and back. And that's yeah. just how we did it. And we got those two kids. And it was funny. Now their recruiting visit comes back. I have them come back and I fly them into Washington. Because you got to fly into D.C. at night. I've given this to Mark Turge, and I help him with his recruiting. We used to fly him into D.C. at night because the monuments mm-hmm. at night, and Danny O'Brien's here with me, is a D.C. native. It's so pretty at night. So you fly in at night, see the monuments right over there the, where they had Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream, two days of visits, and then back out of Baltimore so you can see Baltimore. And they were fascinated. You know, more water. Um, they loved how they kept talking about how green it was, you know, how many colors that we had and how much foliage because you forget – L.A. is pretty dry, yeah, you know? Yeah. So anyways, that was my weirdest, like, two-year recruitment thing as far as, like, where I've, you know, had to, the people I've had to deal with. When I'm retired, I'll tell you all those <laughs> stories. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Uh, how about the best player you've ever coached? Oh, that's tough. Um, I mean, I coached Joe Smith. Well, Gary Williams coached him. I was an assistant. Well, yeah. No At Loyola, Andre pick. Collins. Andre Collins is making a million dollars a year right now. He's played 10 years. The year J.J. Redick won the scoring title and beat Adam Morrison by half a point, the other person was Andre Collins by another half a mm. point. He could pour it in, and he came and transferred. That was there. Um, here, here, So far, the best player I've coached here at, at Siena is probably Brett Bisping. The year, the, the, the month he had for the CBI yeah. championship, which was a big deal. So I look at it that. Maryland was a different ball game. We were recruiting NBA players. I met Jim Valvano. I knew him right when I started coaching. Son, you better have at least two pros, and one of them better be a first-round pick, or you're going to lose. Wow. Thanks for the encouragement, Coach. <laughs> and you know what? He was correct. Wasn't he, Mr. O'Brien? Because back, remember back then, the ACC only had nine teams. Well, when I got in the league, they had eight, and they went to nine. So everybody had good players. Georgia Tech was going to the Final Fours. Clemson had two pros, um, you know, Dale Dale. I forget, and, and and they're the big guy. They had two pros on their team, um, let alone who Virginia had. But Carolina and Duke had five pros. Yep. They had five sure. pros each on their team, Carolina and Duke. The one thing I was going to ask you, you're known for bringing such an energy to the sidelines every single night. At times, that can lead to certain exchanges with referees. Working on that. Do, do you Therapy. Have, do you have – a technical foul or two that stands out where you just, even you would say, boy, I went over the top. Like or, you're almost proud of. <laughs> right, exactly. I wouldn't say proud of, but, you know, Red Auerbach always told me, if you get him in the first half and it doesn't affect the game, I don't mind him. You know, what happened after you got the technical? But what I do like is that I'm friends with 99% of the referees. I give them good reviews. I don't want anybody getting in trouble. I think they, 9 out of 10 referees like basketball and are good refs. The one out of ten is probably not a very good referee, but still loves the game, and I respect that. So I like referees, but yeah, I've I've had a couple that have you know, I've had a couple of incidents, you know. The one time <laughs> at BC, I got involved with it, and I said he said I'm going to kick you out of the game. So I went up in the stands for 37 <laughs> seconds with my AD and said he's going to kick me out of the game. Joe's like, just go back and sit on the end of the bench. We'll deal with it later. And that's when we were playing Cornell and Steve Donnie, who had all these great you know players. And, yep. So we weren't going to win that game. But, no, I don't usually take it personal. And, and the minute the game's over, I'm usually good with them, you know? Sure. Have like you I've, ever... I've never, like, gone and banged on a guy's door. Right. I don't do that. I don't. Have you ever gotten a ref to laugh? Maybe he doesn't. He, maybe he didn't want to, but he'll he'll smile at you or laugh at something you've said or done? Oh, yeah. No, we have good exchanges. <laughs> <laughs> One time we were playing, it was good. We were playing in like the play-in game, like the ten. We had ten teams, and we were like nine, so we're playing the eight-nine game. So I said to the ref, I said, "Do you know why we're in the eight-nine game?" He goes, "Why?" I go, "Cause we stink." (laughs) I said, "Do you know why you're in the eight-nine game?" I just gave you the answer. 
And he started laughing. He started laughing. He said, I said, so before you come acting like you're all great, understand that we're all bad that are in this game, okay? So let's at least take that as a grain. And then we got every column on the game. Do you feel like you have to maintain a certain intensity, though, because the players will feed off of that and it can impact the team in a positive way, right? No, I do. I always want to look for positive results. I'm working on some stuff, though. I'll tell you, 2015 is different, and and it depends who you have. You know, with Brett Bisping coming back, Brett Bisping and I could communicate really well. Rob Poole was a really good player last year. He was hurt the whole year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had he had Tommy John surgery basically on his ankle. I texted with him this morning. He's in Poland. Best he's felt in four years, and he tried hard. But communication-wise, I missed Brett. Brett. Brett's a good communicator. Marquise and I are working on that. But I think 2015, Sean, you can't yell as much. And that's just the way it is. I'd, ra- I'd, rather, I'd rather be right up front with these guys. This is what we're trying to do. We open at Duke, which is interesting, yeah. because I think, Sean, that they had the best coaching job of Mike Krzyzewski's career last year. Sure. Because they were so young? Young. He dealt when, when has Shishovsky, in other words, Mike Shishovsky doesn't get rid of a lot of guys. Yeah. Look, yeah. I don't know yeah. him that well. I, I don't speak for him ever, but I know him well, and I compete against him for 14 years in the ACC. He recruited two of my players when I was in high, when I was a high school coach. We had a Syracuse guy, Lawrence Moten. I had a guy go to Georgetown. So those guys were around. And then we competed against him at Loyola. So I've known Mike Krzyzewski and his assistants for 20 years. And I think he's done an amazing job with the Olympics. I think he deserves all the credit in the world for straightening that mess out. Mm. <clears throat> Not just winning, straightening it out and getting it where all the players want to play. Right. But I still think his best job he's ever done was last year. Young guys, having a guy like Okafor that he didn't naturally make the star, right. he kind of got him to fit in. Obviously, he was their best player because he was the third – but you never got his sense of entitlement. But they got rid of a guy in February yeah. in Suleiman, and I don't know what happened. But I give to get rid of a guy, and we had to, I've done that in the past. You usually don't go on and win the national title or win your league. Right. And he straightened them out. And then with young guys, yeah, in other words, right. and then he got Quinn Cook, who's from Danny O'Brien's. <laughs> Danny, you're getting a lot of shout-outs, It's a golden Danny, thread here. <laughs> of Gonzaga High School, who's had a lot of players go on to like NBA-type careers and everything. But the, he, he got a kid that got a little better every year who was their captain. Probably had his best month of his career the last month they play, Quinn Cook, to help them win. Like, In other words, it's just... You know, Quinn Cook's not drafted. Right. He's not a league. He didn't get drafted, did he? That, that guy won the NCAA title. And I know they had other guys drafted, but I just thought it was a magical thing he did along with what he's done with the Olympics. I know winning with Leitner and all that and then winning with Jason Williams is, is still coaching. But what he did last year was unbelievable. And I think he just said, here's eight guys. If you take a bad shot, you're not coming out. I, I watched him very closely. I'm trying to learn from him. Uh, he doesn't yell much in the games. And, and believe me, Gary Williams and I have talked about it was different five years ago. It was different ten years yep. ago. I can ask you guys, you're probably different, your parents' values or whatever. Kids today, they have a different set of values. And I think the kids are smarter today and have more access to a lot of information. But sometimes maybe they're too smart, and so you have to deal with them that way. And I'm I'm willing to compromise. But to, to answer your question, I like being energetic. It's fun. But I want fun energy. And sometimes like yelling can be yelling fun, and then it's yelling where it's kind of a drag. And I don't want to do that anymore. And one thing we did was he had a couple couple guys leave our team, and we got really lucky. We had one guy come back, and we can talk about Javion. No one's really talked about him yet. Uh-huh. We, we had a kid right. from Troy leave, and instead of saying, hey, you jerk, you're leaving, I'm like, I totally support you, and I want you happy. And this is what you should look for. And this is what you should do because I've had a lot of transfers be successful right. at our programs. One was not last year. I had one that wasn't. That happens. But I was just at a wedding with Omari Israel, who transferred from Notre Dame, who's doing great. I've had Gerald Brown transfer from Providence and do really well. Andre Collins from Maryland. And I'm not just talking getting their degrees, making money, doing well. We had Shane Walker graduate, who led us to the NCAA. Eric Ethley was player of the year, who's doing really well in Washington, D.C. in business right now. Javion, I wanted him to do what? Now he comes back to us and says, I left BU. I've, I've decided it's not for me. I want to be in the business. Think about what he did. Joe Jones is a great guy. Boston used a great program. They've gone to the Final Four and won a bunch of hockey titles. Bigger school than us. Great academic rota- reputation. Joe Jones, wonderful guy. His, coach is the, his brother's a coach at Yale. All good things. It just didn't fit Javion. And then they were nice to say, we want yeah. Joe Jones. is like, hey, I don't have to let him go, but right. I want what's best for him. So everybody's trying to do what's best for Javion. It was refreshing was to see him say, I think this is what's best for me and my grandmother. Now, he's also a great kid with a 3.0. Mm-hmm. 
but he's going to help us on the court. Let's not fool right. ourselves. No here. doubt. Yeah. I can graduate every kid I want, Sean, and take him to all the museums I want. If I don't win enough, you know what I'll be doing? <laughs> Your right. job. That's right. Sean, I got fired, so you got fired. And let fired. me tell you something. This podcast doesn't pay. That's right. <laughs> and this doesn't matter. Sent. Yeah, exactly. It's, so it's going to be great for him coming back for us. And now we got a guy that's on the team that says, hey, I've seen, you know. And once again, BU's a great place, great place to play, great arena. They're in a good league, the Patriot League, and, and et cetera, et cetera. But a really good coach who's a friend of mine. It's not like he had a bad experience that he just wanted to be back here, and I think he wanted to be a Siena basketball player again. You mentioned the Duke game. This is one of the things I was curious about. How how are you going to – what are you going to say to the team as that game gets closer? Because, like you said, Coach K, I mean, this is uh, – Yeah, probably not going to win that one, but <laughs> – No, I understand. <laughs> you start Duke, but Wisconsin. If we go 2-0, right. and oh, that's it. I'm quitting. <laughs> that's it. You have to. That's it. I retire. We'll be number one in the country, and I will retire – and get a broadcasting career because I'll be the only one crazy. So if we go two and zero, I'm putting it on the air right now. That's it. My career's over. I'm officially a broadcaster. But do you have to say anything to the players just to say, look, don't don't become enamored with these guys. Don't fall in love with the the guys opposite you on the court. Let's go play this game, right? Let's give them. Yeah. Let's let's compete, right? Look, you want to play good teams to get better. I just saw Bingham down at this this great event in Binghamton. Father Kevin, who's our former president, I went down to Binghamton and. Jim Beheim was there at a golf tournament. We talked about in two years I'm going to play them. We just scheduling is a couple of years ahead now because of tournaments and John Dargenio and I, my boss, we work well together in scheduling. But this was a unique one because we were in a tournament with Georgetown, VCU, Wisconsin, and Duke. Yep. Absolutely, we were supposed to play Georgetown or VCU because we have a lot of kids from that area and it's easy for us to get to. What happened was TV stepped in, and this is ESPNU. And last time I checked. We know. I tell my players <laughs> this. What's the golden rule, Sean? Do you know the golden rule? Do I know the golden rule? Yes. Should I know the golden rule? I don't rule? know. Do you know what the golden rule is? <laughs> T- please tell me. <laughs> the man with the gold makes the rules. <laughs> That's the Jewish proverb. <laughs> this is a, the Christians are like, treat everyone the same. <laughs> right. no, no, I'll give you the real golden rule. The man with the gold makes the rules, you see. So ESPN, and it's a credit to Siena and the basketball program. They're going to open on 7 p.m. with Duke, national television, first college game of the year. Who do you want? And I'm not going to cast aspersions, but they wanted Siena yep. to play Duke. Now, Big Ten, Wisconsin opening game, 8 p.m., who do they want? Well, they want Siena. Those two go first, in other words, in the tournament, because they finished ahead of Georgetown and VCU, right. along with ESPN. And they're picking, hey, Siena, because of what Fran McCaffrey's done? Sure. Hey, because of what Mike Dean's done, Louis Orr's done, yep. Paul Hewitt's done. There's been a lot of great players and great coaches here. They know Albany's New York State capital. Who doesn't want to, you know, the, the region carries a lot of weight. You know, I've learned this job. I didn't know this job two years ago. That's why we're playing them. ESPN, along with Wisconsin and Duke, said this is who we want to play for the best game, the best atmosphere. They're trying to get all their fans excited, mm-hmm. too. And they know playing certain teams is different than playing other teams. Playing Siena means, wow, that's cool. Oh, Siena, didn't they beat Ohio State? Yeah, they did. Aren't they, didn't they win the C- Hey, The CBI game was weird caused a lot of problems for him because it created too much atmosphere of expe- expectations. But if, if in, in Loyola, Chicago, my friends, the coach, they won the CBI this year, but they won on Wednesday night. We won on the <laughs> Saturday of the Final Four at noon. Yep. Yeah. Half of Dallas was watching that game. Some with libations, Danny. <laughs> um, but but the, 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 we, we, in other words, we went three games, and there's Siena playing Fresno State, the home of Jerry Tarkini. And, like, we created – and then we won. So, like, people know, and then people saw a storm in the court. That creates a great atmosphere. The problem is, is Duke and Wisconsin said that's who we want to play, and they didn't exactly call Jimmy and say, how do you feel about this? They just said 7 p.m. and 2 p.m. <laughs> and then they said, we're changing the game to 8 p.m. And I said, yes, thank you. We'll be there. <laughs> In other words, you have to understand where you are, but we're we're lucky to be there. So Chris and I are big NBA guys. We're going to sure. do a lot of pro ball on this show Good. when the season gets closer, yep. assuming we're still doing this show. I grew up next to the Boston Garden. A yep. pro, a pro, sure. I was interested in the pro game. Yeah, so what I was going to ask you is just looking at the season, and it's a little ways out, but we're getting there, looking at the league, what do you mm. think as far as I mean, some I'm of the always, teams and who do, you, who do you have winning it all? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I would say I probably think the Spurs are going to win it all. I just think that they do it one more time and they were close. You know, and I've always felt this in hockey, but the NBA is the same way. That postseason is so many games and so long. Yep. And it probably doesn't show up until like the next year, you know, and then all of a sudden they got to rest. I've really felt those two postseasons yeah. are so long. Yeah. 
you know, the NFL, what, the most you're going to play is three games? Right. I mean, I'm not saying it's not hard, but they play 30 games in the, in the NBA finals. Right, it's right. Like ridiculous. <laughs> if you go all the way, you play like, I think, what, you, you could play four, seven, you know, 26 you games. You could play 20 games, yeah. Right. It's ridiculous. Yep. So I like the Spurs. I'm a Celtics fan. I grew up a Red Auerbach fan. I grew up a Celtics fan watching Larry Bird. I saw him come to town. It was funny. As he was coming to town, Jim Calhoun was the coach of Northeastern. Rick Patino was at BU, and Gary Williams mm. was at BC. Mm. And then Larry Bird comes to town. All of a sudden, Boston became a basketball town for a little while. You know, it'll always be, as they say, hockey Red Sox. But I like the pros. I like Paul Pierce. So last year I watched Rooted for the Wizards. You know, stuff like that. We, we, my wife's a Penguins fan. She likes hockey, see? So we have different interests in the spring. But I, I, I'm like everybody else. I watch the fourth quarter and I watch the playoffs. Right. I'm, I'm no different. Right. Sure. I'm not watching the first quarter in December. I'm, right. I got stuff to do myself. But I like watching the pros. And I, I think that Cleveland is going to get back there. And then what he did last year, my question for him watching is, will he be able to step back and not run the whole team? Mm. And I don't mean that in a bad way. What he did this year was tremendous. But you need help yep. to win it. The Warriors were, were a great story, but I just have the Spurs kind of going back one more time, and then they may all walk off in the sunset. Yeah, hard not yeah, and, to like the Spurs. And Aldridge, what he hints right. to that team. Hey, who worked up a better lather, Gary Williams or Patrick Ewing? <laughs> oh, man, Gary Williams. That guy that was, was getting get after it. Yeah. That guy was like, and plus we got to the game two but, hours early. We used to get there before <laughs> any other team. First one to this battle site wins. I'm like, what battle site? <laughs> not Normandy. It's a gym, 94 feet. <laughs> But he would just—he would be—he had a—he had an unbelievable. Remember, Patrick Ewing was a high school player in Boston when I was there. Yeah. And who was the coach of the his high school team? Coach Jarvis. Mike Jarvis was wow. his high school coach, who then yeah. goes on to BU and then GW. Yeah. That was another part of that like wave of really good '80s basketball in Massachusetts. It's an interesting little phenomena. But um, yeah, Gary Williams gets after it, and in, in other words, Gary. Is is intense the day of the game? After he's light at shoot around, and then this thing just builds inside of him. You don't want to go in that room. Oh, Half I got times, one. man. Be careful in there. So we've got a Floyd Mayweather fight coming up this weekend. Right. The big fight, oh. Mayweather Pacquiao. I heard you had a marathon. You had a hell of day. a day. I did get there. I was fortunate enough, due to the Under Armour people, to attend that event. From the Derby to that fight, I did. We had to leave a couple minutes before the Derby st- actually ran, because otherwise you wouldn't have made it. Gotcha. Oh, but wow. we did go to the Derby event. I was nice to see America. My wife, Michelle, is here, great coach's wife, loves racing, which is why we're going to the last day of Saratoga. And her sister lives in Keeneland. She's going to the Breeders' Cup. Oh, you are. So this is a real racing cool. family. Her yeah. family, her father, like, loves her. Daughter. You know, we just got to move to Delmar, and then we'll be all set. We'll get all three covered. I won't lie to you. We have you on the podcast today to get to Michelle. This is our in to get yeah, your wife on because she, I think she'd be a great guest. She's a lobbyist. She knows a lot about Washington and Harrisburg and politics, although... A blogger, a runner, a yeah, foodie. A foodie. She does it all and a great handicapper. She's much better handicapper than I am. See? But we like... Terrence, we like the... Like, in other words, I go to the Derby. We go to the Preakness with Under Armour. The fight was good. I, he, Pacquiao, you could tell, was a little hurt. You know, I wish they fought a little more. But yeah. you can't hit May. Mayweather up close is so fast. And that's that's like being a defensive fighter. That counts. You can't you can't beat that guy. Right. But that was fun. And who's he fight? He fights. He's got another fight, right? Uh, Saturday. Saturday night. Yeah. 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 You know, boxing, I wish it was like the old days. But, you know, I kind of like, because I grew up, Marvin Hagler was in my hometown. In other words, I was in bread and sports down in Boston. Then I took it to D.C. because that's what the, D.C. was the basketball capital, and I love that this is a great. It's a great sports area. Yeah, it's fun. They really, well, they love the, the you know obviously the Mets and the Yankees and all that, but and the Giants being training camp here, but the actual support they give to the hockey teams with the Siena, these the Siena support. You guys suite, have a great. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it it's, is. It's, it's really, and I, and, I, and I don't mind if people want to win and get mad at me when we don't win. I accept that. I'm just happy they're interested. But the Saratoga racing community is mm. unbelievable. And, we, and I've been to Keeneland, and it's nice. And I've been to Del Mar. But it's not the passion they yeah. have here. Yeah. So we want to go see if Chad Brown can overtake Pletcher. Like, you learn. I didn't That's know right. Chad Brown was two years yeah. ago. I knew one jockey. Now I know that, like, you know, Irad Ortiz is going to win it yeah. this year for a 23-year-old. Yep. And it's a cool sport. You're on your way to Saratoga, I know. So yes. let's do the what we do for at the end of every podcast. What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to? I'm watching Luther with Idris Elba and Ruth Wilson. She's the girl from The Affair. But this is like a British series on BBC. Okay. He's kind of like a tough cop. If you like The Wire or any of that stuff, yeah, he's, he, he, he's good. I think he should be the next James Bond. Idris Elba, watch Luther on BBC. There's only like eight of them. They're eight one-hour shows. Great stuff. I'll give you that. Cool. 
Reading, I just finished The Girl on a Train, number two in the New York Times bestseller list. It's about a woman who goes by on a train every day and she sees things happening oh, and cool. kind of pieces together what happened to this couple, like a murder mystery. Like a rear window type yeah, of idea. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little of that. that that's good, The Girl on a Train. And then what, are we, then what else are we doing? What are you, uh, what are you listening to? to? Other than this podcast. This. Yeah, definitely yeah. not this. I mean, my wife and I have very different <laughs> tastes. But, you know, I went to the Dead Show out in Chicago. Yep. So I was fortunate. I'll always listen to them. Um, I go through my Pearl Jam phases. But we, 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 my wife, we went to the December. You know where we went to? We went to two shows this year out of Cooperstown. Cool. At this Oma Gang. Oma, Oma Gang Brewery. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And we saw the, the Pixies one night. And we saw the Decemberists. They were the Decemberists were better. But we, we, we've... We, we do lots of different stuff. And this area is a great place to live. We went to Cooperstown. We're going to go to Williamstown. We go to Saratoga. Lake George was a great trip. Yeah. And then from, from the lake, it's way different. You know, we hadn't been there. but So we're doing lots of stuff. We're reading. And when in doubt, I read Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair is my go-to. Interesting. A lot of different stuff to read in the month. but And I'd say the best movie we saw this, honey, was what summer? Amy. Amy Winehouse. It's not a happy ending. i got to give you that one right now. <laughs> That's a mov- it's a movie, though? It's Figures. a documentary. Doc. There is no comeback at the end. It doesn't no. end with a big... It's not like yeah. Miracle up in Lake Placid. Right. It's a little opposite of that. But, but it was really good to watch. It's crazy. We're watching this movie about Amy Winehouse, and it starts when she's a little girl and how it all goes up. Super talented, man. Super talented. And, her, and she had and, and she almost turned it around. And I don't want to give away the ending or anything crazy. No, like, I mean, obviously, the obvious ending, but, like, her father was right there with, while all this was going on, which is insanity. Wow. Mm. You know, it makes you see that... Bad parent, too much parenting can be bad. Yeah, right. And it was, but but I would the documentary. It was, in other words, it was well made. Amy was well made. The girl on the train was really well written. Luther's well made. I like Vanity Fair and Straight. A Dope was a great movie. You saw Dope? Did you see Straight Outta Compton? No, I want to. I want to too. Yeah. Dope's about Malcolm, the nerdy kid in Watts, and he ends up trying to go to Harvard. It's yep. about how do you get out? You know, because of what's going on in Troy here. I try to, you know, learn about other perspectives and. That's about it. I guess I'll come back and whenever you guys want. Or but, definitely, uh, definitely. Me, I Sean. want some Brian Cashman stories from college. <laughs> Once again, when we're retired, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just want playoff tickets, and they're headed there. So I'm exactly. saying about him. I did go to a game uh, recently. I went down to his box, but cool. They're uh, they're battling. They're fun to watch yeah, too. They're good. Yeah. Keep an eye on the Saints this year. Um, our young guys are really good. We will be bigger and taller. We will have a little more depth, but we will pick eight or nine guys who can play. Yeah, yeah, emo Brett. Javion, yep. Marquise, Kenny Warmly. I think Levon's going to come off the bench, but, but play a ton of minutes. Yep. Watch out for Nico Clareth. Um, Kenny LaRose looks good. And, and we're, 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 Ryan Oliver can really shoot. You know, we have some real depth, and, and I think we have the character to handle depth. I thought last year we had a lot of depth, but it was when am I getting mine, and that's not going to work. So we're really excited, and playing the Albany game is good again. I'm yeah. really excited about that whole series, um, even though Will Brown's horse lost yesterday. <laughs> he owns a horse. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Will, I'm telling him how much money you have. Um, but the Albany thing's really good to keep that going. You know, Benson, their AD, and our AD, and us, and John, and Will. That's just another off-season topic. We figured that out, and yep. we're going to go there once, and that's fine because you have to keep that series going. But, I mean, Bucknell went to the postseason. Radford went to the postseason. Duke, Wisconsin, those are four of our first five games. You guys games. are loaded up. Yeah. You know, so, so it just goes from there. And uh, Hofstra went to the postseason. We're bringing them in. Hofstra's coming in. And then St. Bonnie's comes back. So we'll play. And then Vermont went to the postseason. So it's going to be a really exciting year. But it's about the MAC. And then we have the tournament here. And thanks for having me. We'll let you fly. Thanks, thanks Coach. Coach. Appreciate it. All right, Shawnee, what are we reading? What are we watching? What are we listening to? All right. Well, have you uh, have you uh, have you regrouped from that? I that is that is the most energy I've ever seen bottled in one. It's not bottled. It's yeah. It's, it's out there. Yeah. You described it perfectly. You said it's I, it's like a train. Right. You're on a train that doesn't stop. Right. But at some point, you got to get off. It's. It's well but said. it's great. It is. It's full speed ahead, and um, that's the kind of energy that I would want oh in, in a coach. And yes. that's why I think they're gonna have a good year this year. Yeah, I, really I do, do too, actually. Um, all right, watching, reading, listening. I am gonna watch The Wire. You've never watched The Wire. I've never seen, seen the one wire. episode of The Wire. Oh my god! And it's it's the best. I mean, we both love Seinfeld. The Wire is the best television show you'll see. Right. Too many people have told me that it's amazing and. I've decided I'm going to see if they're right. Beautiful. Uh, I am listening. So I had a wedding this past weekend. 
I had to drive four and a half hours yep. both ways. Little math. That's nine hours, one day in a car. Yeah. I, I listened to everything. <laughs> I listened to every Top 40 song 20 times. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. We, we know Top 40 is right. what? It, top 12? It, it, and it'll just replay over and it's over and over, whatever, yeah. constant. And I can't get the stupid, you know, the Bieber song where it's like... Is the new Bieber song? Yeah, it's the like that Bieber like song. a thousand yeah, times over and over. It's like somebody stepped on a cat's tail. <laughs> it's just so much. Uh so I'm listening to every pop song ever now and trying to get them out of my right. head. They're I mean, just in just, there. Yeah. Okay. And that's pretty much it. Still working on the, the same book that I've been on. And am I reading anything else? I've been reading a lot of tweets. A lot of tweets. A lot of tweets. You're big on Twitter More now. active now yeah. on the Twitter. Yeah. Um, but no, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, I, I could gloss over the whole reading thing, though. I'm, although I'm telling you, like... Jimmy says he's reading a, a, a girl on a train or a girl on the train or whatever it is. Like, th- that makes me want to go get that book now. Right. Sure. He didn't ruin it. If he's reading it, like, I yeah, might go. Re- exactly. Uh, I'm going to watch. I, I, I got to see Straight Out of Compton. You're due to see that. But I'm still, I still watch Ray Donovan. Um, and what am I listening? You know what I'm actually listening to over the last, well, maybe even go back a week, but. NWA because of Straight Outta Compton. Okay, sure. So I've gone back into my long, long time ago past, uh, and I'm listening to some NWA. And that'll get more intense after you see the movie, I'm sure. That'll really get you into Maybe. it. Maybe. Could yeah. be. Yeah. Now, I, Growing you, up on the hard streets of Glen Rock, New Jersey, you know, I could really right. relate with uh, that. We could also do a whole segment on what we're not watching, reading, or listening to, yeah. because you know what I haven't watched? Kevin Spacey in a, in a phone book. You know what I haven't watched? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Garth Brooks and Justin <laughs> yeah. Timberlake. Okay, good. That's great. <laughs> so we'll just keep that going forever. Yes, right. It would ruin it at this point to watch those things. Yes. All right. Episode five. Yeah, we did it. With Again. Jimmy. Unbelievable. That was fun. That was fun. Uh, I'm going to need a little recovery time. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, next week, we will be joined by a coworker of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, so works as a news anchor, but we're not going to talk a lot of news. Uh, Elaine Houston has love letters from prison. Yes. Are you telling me you won't tune in for that? That's good stuff. That is going to be great stuff. She is. She's our our women reporter at the station. She will talk to us a lot about issues. It's like still that. facing women today, yep. and we know she can provide of a great perspective exactly yeah. from you know where we were X number of years ago compared to where we are now, and that'll be a really, I think, insightful conversation for all of us. And yes, she also, as a, a news anchor in, in our area, has had letters sent to her from prison. And there is a nickname we won't give away now. Right. That one of these prisoners has given her. Right. So it's it's going to be good. We're yeah. going to have the letters. Maybe you or I will even be able to read some excerpts. Yeah, I'd like to. Them. Yeah, I'd like to put on a, a voice or something like that and, and read one. Yes. That, that could be entertaining. Yeah. So okay. looking forward to that. And next week, football starting. We're watching oh, that. That's what we're watching. That's what we'll watch. Week one. Because I'm not watching the preseason, thankfully. College football has started. I didn't see a lick of that over the weekend. I was at a wedding as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll be watching football. For sure. All right. An hour you'll never get back. We always deliver on that promise. Yes. That's for sure. We'll talk to you next week.